There we go. All right. Thanks, George. You know, I know our, our screen went down a minute ago. And, you know, in those kinds of moments, uh, I just find myself so grateful for our tech team. My goodness. Thank you, guys. Thanks for what you do. Um, so appreciate you. Uh, you know, they get to uh, be our heroes and solve all kinds of problems every week. Um, different things that pop up, sometimes we know and sometimes we don't. But uh, thank you for those of you who serve uh, so well and uh, do so much uh, for us in the life of the church. Hey, I'm still smiling and maybe a little more tired today than I am on some other Sundays, but smiling big as I think about our block party last night and the way that we were able to have fun and uh, friendship and food and uh, just that beautiful weather and, and welcome so many people from our community. Uh, it was just awesome. And I loved seeing the way that together we're able to serve our city and welcome people here. And, and, you know, for me, it's just another reminder of how much I love being a part of a generous church. Uh, I love that. I love that together, that's the mission that we get to fuel together. Uh, it's so fun to be generous, isn't it? Isn't it so much fun to have an event like that for our city and to tell people, it's free, whatever you want, get another hot dog, it's free, right? Um, what a joy uh, to be generous. I'm so glad that we get to do that together. So thanks for your faithful giving. Thanks for being a part of that and fueling that mission together. Um, we're praying for those who came. Let's keep praying for them and uh, pray for more opportunities for us to help people encounter uh, love and joy and kindness all in the name of Jesus. Well, today we're in the second week of our fall series called Kingdom Come. And together, this fall, we're going to be studying Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. And this is what we find in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And throughout this passage, this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching about God's kingdom. Uh, and it's within this teaching of the Sermon on the Mount that we find that Jesus is teaching us how to pray uh, with what we have come to call the Lord's Prayer. That's in Matthew chapter 6. So today, um, I'd like for us to begin by praying that aloud together. You'll see the words on the screen. Uh, let's pray together, not just recite. Let's pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, this fall, uh, as we explore the Sermon on the Mount together, I want us to keep right at the center of this, this invitation that Jesus gives us to pray, your kingdom come. And so as we pray that together, your kingdom come, today I would like for us to take some time to talk about the question, what is the kingdom of God? If we're praying for God's kingdom to come, what is this kingdom? And the truth is, we don't use that word kingdom very often, do we? 
Maybe when we think about the word kingdom, that's a word that comes up more so when we have younger kids or in childhood, right? Uh, you know, we, we think about reading books or watching movies. You know, all the Disney movies have faraway kingdoms as their setting for the story. Or in our house, we've got some great dress-up clothes. And so this was from a little while ago. But uh, when our boys were young, you know, being knights and princes and dragons, and we think about those kingdom moments that they would play together. And then, of course, the most desired vacation for everyone, right? The magic kingdom. We all know about that kingdom uh, and the fun that that is. Or, you know, we think about the word kingdom, we might think about the, the British royals, right? As we're fascinated with this monarchy of the United Kingdom. Or we might think about uh, times when we've studied in history um, kingdoms at different points and places. Or, or we might find ourselves drawn into stories about kingdoms like the Chronicles of Narnia or the Lord of the Rings. But I think for most of us here sitting today in Alma, Michigan, the truth is when we think of a kingdom, it feels like some far off place and certainly far removed from where we are here today. Now, when Jesus walked this earth, this idea of kingdom wasn't such a distant concept uh, for him and for the culture in which he was there. Jesus used that term knowing that it was a word that would connect for people with a cultural government of the day. They would think of territories and power and monarchs. But Jesus also knew that, that kingdom was a word with religious meaning. In fact, you know, in the beginning of Matthew, where it lists the genealogy of Jesus, uh, so much that we find there, that rich history that Jesus uh, comes from, includes a lot of kings and kingdoms in history. Uh, most of the backdrop of the Old Testament, right? We have kingdoms and empires and rulers and, and those that are conquering one another, and it's that quest for power and control, and even as Jesus came into that New Testament world, he lived in a place that knew about these power and ruling structures. The, uh, they were in a territory occupied and ruled by the Roman Empire. So what did Jesus mean, though, by kingdom? And how do we understand that as we read it today? Well, as Jesus begins his ministry, the kingdom is at the center of his message. We find that in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. But let's not miss that. Here we have these opening words sort of of Jesus as he begins to preach, and he begins by talking about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus himself described the kingdom as being at the center of his mission. Luke chapter 4, verse 43. Jesus said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. The kingdom is at the center for Jesus. Now, when we look at the four Gospels, we find that, that in Matthew's Gospel, uh, he records the most extensive teaching of Jesus about the kingdom. I counted 47 times in the book of Matthew that Jesus talks about the kingdom. And sometimes Jesus just uses the word kingdom, and sometimes it's the phrase kingdom of heaven. And those mean the same thing when we read those in the scripture. 
Now, let me say a word about that kingdom of heaven. You know, um, when we use the word heaven, we tend to think of this um, otherworldly, eternal dwelling place. But when Jesus was using the term kingdom of heaven, the word that he was using for heaven was actually a plural word that uh, would be more accurately translated heavens, plural, referring to the, the vast expanse of the visible skies that were all around. Jesus was using this word that, that literally described the physical atmosphere. Um, and so you think about that. If Jesus is using a word that describes the physical atmosphere, then when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, it's not this distant realm, but Jesus is actually talking about a reality that's all around us. See, Jesus was using this kingdom of heaven to describe this non-physical, invisible, but very present, present right here, realm where God dwells. Now, Jesus spends uh, a great deal of time helping us understand what the kingdom of heaven is all about. It's an extensive study that we can do in the scripture together. And I believe that this is central for us to understand if we're choosing to follow Jesus, then we need to understand what this idea of kingdom is all about. So I, want for us to, I would like for us to spend some time on this today. And as we do that, um, I'm thinking about my good friend. Her name is Pastor Beth Wolf. And uh, Beth pastors the Clarksburg Church in Maryland. Uh, Beth is an incredibly gifted communicator. Uh, she's, uh, she's someone I, I cherish as a friend. And I just love learning about Jesus from her as well. And a few years ago, uh, I heard her teach, and she used a visible uh, representation of the kingdom of God, and I have never forgotten it. So this, I'm indebted to Pastor Beth today, and I want to share this with you because I believe this is a powerful image for us as we study the kingdom. So I want us to think about uh, how, we, uh, how we think about heaven and earth. Now, when we think about heaven— we usually think about this far off place, maybe somewhere up in the sky, this distant place that's there, maybe uh, in the clouds. And it's a place that is problem free, it is pain free, and it is packed with our favorite things, right? Uh, you think about your favorite things. Maybe it's the place where you have all the time in the world to uh, enjoy that hobby that you like and be with friends and, and loved ones. And it's a place with good food. I'm thinking food that you can eat that doesn't make you gain weight. Yeah, uh-huh, right? The best buffets. Maybe there's a really great pizza buffet there. Now, but here in Alma, I am not going to name who makes that pizza because I don't want to start a fight here. I know there are some different opinions about the best pizza that would be in heaven. But you know, we think about heaven as this wonderful place. And when we think about heaven, so often we think about it with this vision of escape. Right? We're going to leave here and we're going to go to this place, this wonderful place called heaven. And then we think about what earth is all about. I need another hand here, so let me just rearrange that. 
We think about what earth is all about. And we think about earth as this place that's way down here. And, and this place called earth, it's really kind of a mess, isn't it? There's problems and pain and suffering. There's disease and death and division. And, and that's what we think about when we think about earth. And, and we think about, you know, this place that somehow we have to muddle through this experience on earth so that someday we can escape it and get to heaven. So along the way, we've crafted this story that, that sounds like this, that Jesus came all the way from heaven to earth so that one day when we die, we too can go from earth all the way up to heaven. And heaven is way up here, and earth is way down here, and never between the two shall meet. But my friends, if this is our narrative, then we are missing this great mission of God that is told in the scripture. You see, if we go back to the book of Genesis, where things all started, we find this very different picture. It's this picture of, of God creating this perfect place, this place where, where heaven and earth collide, this beautiful and perfect place where God created this, this beautiful garden, this wonderful picture, the wonder of creation. But it's also a place not just of this beauty of creation, but it's a place of beautiful relationships between all living things. And in fact, it's this picture of, of dwelling in relationship with God, that human beings were, were in this beautiful relationship with God when there was no shame and no brokenness, that it was a relationship that was marked by wholeness and love. But we know how the story goes. It didn't take long before that relationship and that wholeness became broken and sin entered the world and now things are are not whole any longer they're they're broken and and it's like a wedge that's that's driving heaven and earth further and further apart but you see as we study the story of the scripture what we see is that that this this pursuing and never stopping love of God, it cannot be thwarted. Nothing can stop this love mission of God. You see, even in the tension and the brokenness that is now a part of the world, there is still the promise of God, this rescue mission to redeem and restore and to set things right. That is what the story of the scripture is all about. As we read the Old Testament, we see that things are very messy and very broken. Broken, It's even overwhelming. But even through that, there is always hope because there's this covenant com a commitment of God that continues through the scripture. And there is this promise that the rescuer is coming. So then as we turn the pages into the New Testament and we read the good news about Jesus and the scripture tells us that Jesus became flesh and blood and he moved into the neighborhood <laughs> and he came proclaiming a message 
Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And this was the mission of Jesus, to bring heaven to earth. This is the good news of Jesus, that right here, right now, God's kingdom is here. The kingdom of heaven is here. We think about the life and the ministry of Jesus, right? Think about where he spent his time and and his energy and where his focus was. Jesus would turn towards the most broken places and towards broken people. And he would come to bring heaven there, to bring hope and wholeness and life to people and situations that most needed that kingdom of heaven. And what Jesus taught us was all about trying to help us understand what it means that that we get to be kingdom people. That following Jesus means joining that mission, that we are kingdom people. And he showed us the way and taught us how to live. You think about how Jesus came and moved straight towards the darkest and the most broken places including laying down his life to be tortured to death on a cross by crucifixion. But that three days later, that he would be resurrected, raised to life, conquering even death. And that moment right there, it's the best news in the history of the world. It's the ultimate victory, breaking the power of sin and death. And my friends, that good news is still true today. See, Jesus is telling us today, right here in Alma, Michigan, the kingdom of heaven is here. This is good news. This is wonderful. This is the best news ever for us. Friends, this is good news for us, not just on the other side of death for where we will spend eternity, but it's good news for right here and right now where we live. This is the good news of the gospel that makes all the difference in the world. Now, when we study the the kingdom. You know, a phrase that I've come to love so much is this. It's already not yet. When we think about the kingdom, we know that that the victory has been won. That it has been settled once and for all. Jesus Christ is victorious through his death and his resurrection. And that is settled. And yet, the kingdom of God is not yet fully realized Until Jesus comes again. So we find ourselves here in the meantime living in this tension. Things that are already true but not yet fully realized. Knowing that in our world there's brokenness and that things aren't as they should be. But that there's good news. (laughs) That God is already here. That he's on the scene. And right now he's redeeming and restoring. And he's inviting us to join him. So friends, you know, when when we think about this, I really believe this this changes how how we see the richness of the gospel and the power that it has for our lives. See, it's It's not just this good news that someday I'll get to escape here and, and get to dwell with God far away in heaven. 
It's the good news of the gospel that, that right here and now, right here and now, that the kingdom is here and that we are invited to participate. It's not just someday. It's today. It's right here and it's right now. And so that means that we need to learn how to live as kingdom subjects. If that's true, then that means that Jesus is inviting us as his followers to be agents of the kingdom. So that means that, that we have some learning to do. And the truth is, it can feel like a really steep learning curve. Do you remember last week we dove in and listened to the Sermon on the Mount? Whew, those are some hard words of Jesus. Sometimes we talk about the, uh, the kingdom of God as this upside down kind of living because it feels very different than the culture in which we live. But this is, this is what God invites us to do, even though we might feel unsteady and it might feel awkward to us and our feet feel a little wobbly. But in God's kingdom, we're reminded that, that he provides all that we need, that his strength and his wisdom and his generosity, it's enough for us. Because the truth is, being kingdom subjects, that's not about us trying to manufacture the strength and the wisdom as if we're trying to barge in with force and, and do the work ourselves. Now, the truth is, when, when we live as kingdom subjects, that means we can rest in God's strength. See, the good news of the kingdom is that it doesn't rest on our shoulders. Aren't we grateful for that? <laughs> It's God's kingdom. It's his mission. It's his power. It's his glory. And God's kingdom, it's not in trouble. And it's not in jeopardy. And we are invited to participate. And as we do so, we discover the joy that it is to join God in what he is doing. And we discover that in that process, it changes us. It transforms us and shapes our heart. So today, my friends, I want to uh, invite us and ask us to take this invitation of Jesus and pray those three words from the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come. Today, I want to encourage you to, to pray that prayer in, in your life. You know, I know the, the truth is we all have big things going on in our lives these days. And no doubt for each one of us, there are very specific places where that prayer is a powerful focus for our hearts. God, your kingdom come. Maybe for you, you're thinking about a, a job situation that you're trying to navigate. Or maybe there's an overwhelming diagnosis that you're walking through. Or there's conflict in your family. Or there's a parenting struggle you're trying to figure out. Or, or there's an overwhelming financial need. Your kingdom come. Maybe that's a prayer in the midst of grief or in facing addiction or fear or anxiety or some elusive answer that you're seeking. Your kingdom come. You know, when we pray that, 
when we pray your kingdom come over the big things that are going on in our lives, when we pray that prayer, that means that, that the answer to our prayer isn't escape, but that the answer to that prayer is the presence of Jesus right in the middle of that situation, right in the middle of that need. Your kingdom come. God, I need to see you in this situation your authority, your rescue, your redemption, your kingdom come. That's a declaration of trust. When we say that, we're saying, God, you're in charge. You're on the throne, and you are not asleep or distracted. Your kingdom come. My friend, whatever you have going on in your life today, pray that prayer. And not only for us individually, but but I want that to be a prayer for us today. A prayer that we pray for one another in this room and the big things going on that we love and care about one another as we pray for each other. And we pray for those who are not in this room. We pray for our neighbors. We pray for our coworkers. We pray for our classmates. We pray for our community and our nation and our world. God, your kingdom come. As we know, it's not hard for us to see in the world around us brokenness and pain and death and division. See, the power of this prayer, your kingdom come, is not only that, that God's power and presence is real in our lives individually, but it's also that we then become transformed, that we become participants and agents of the kingdom. Even now, while we are still imperfect and incomplete, we get to join what God is doing as we pray, your kingdom come. Because friends, I know that there are people all around us who need hope. One of your coworkers, one of your classmates, a neighbor, they're hurting. They need hope. And I wonder what might happen if you showed up with generosity and care and encouragement and hope. You know, the, the truth is I think about our, our dear community here. Boy, it's been a rough couple of years, I think. There's no shortage of things to disagree about around here, from, from politics to vaccines and face masks and a shelter for unaccompanied minors, not to mention monumental challenges that are happening in households all over our community, substance abuse and suicide, hunger, poverty, child neglect and abuse, homelessness. Friends, what does it mean to pray your kingdom come over our city? What does that mean for us to pray that prayer? Honestly, I think the answer to that prayer feels a little bit daunting. And I think it definitely feels overwhelming, and it, and it feels like it's going to be outside of our comfort zone. <laughs> but it's how God asks us to pray. In fact, it's what Jesus teaches us, what he requires of us, that when we follow him, we get to be kingdom subjects, and we get to be a part of that mission, and to know that whatever he asks of us, that his strength and his provision will be enough. 
you know, here's what I know. While, while participating in the kingdom come prayer and the answer to that prayer definitely requires courage, it's also an incredible adventure. Think about that. That means that God is inviting us to join with him in things that only God can do, in miracles and healing and wholeness that will happen all around us because it's what God is doing. And he's inviting us to be a part of that. And I don't want to miss it. So let's have the courage to pray, your kingdom come. Today, I want to invite you to pray that prayer. To pray that prayer in your life, in the big things that you're walking through these days, and to pray that prayer over our community as well. Today, I want to invite you to tangibly respond in some time that we have in the service today. In just a moment, we're going to take this um, map of our city, and we're going to put it right here at the center of the sanctuary. This visual representation that we use to remind us of God's mission for us, and that we want to be people who help people uh, encounter Jesus all around our city. And today, uh, I would invite you to come once we start uh, worshiping together during that time of worship and to to come. We'll have a table next to it, and I want you to pick up a a heart. And I want you to just hold this heart as as a tangible reminder of your prayer, your kingdom come. But that's a prayer for yourself as someone who lives here in this community. And that's a prayer for our community as well. So if that's your prayer today, then I'll invite you to just place that somewhere here. Just as a way to respond and affirm today that that you're praying for God's kingdom to come. And maybe you'll even want to pause and kneel at one of our altars and take some time and meet with the Lord today. Now, before we take some time to do that, we're, we're just going to take a moment for a sacred pause, and we're going to sing the Lord's Prayer. The worship team is going to come now. So again, as we did a few moments ago, I'll invite you to not just recite the words, but to make it a moment of prayer, to sing the Lord's Prayer together, to engage your heart. Then we have a couple more songs, and we'll invite you to to take some time uh, to come if you feel led, and to tangibly mark the moment and to pray, your kingdom come. Will you stand, and let's pray together.